0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Essential Pedagogy Podcast. Well, I feel like I have to... um, define this word pedagogy every time we get on here but i need this to be like a mainstream word pedagogy means the science and practice of teaching and so um i chose pedagogy because essential educator was taken as a name to um to um Oh, my gosh, I'm losing my words. And, you know, I talk too much, but uh, Essential uh, Educator was taken for, um... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we know um, to, to, to create things and have longevity and not to get sued. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm having some difficulties today, and so please bear with me. Um, but I want to welcome you guys. Uh, the whole premise of this podcast is that I have a hope that the result of listening to this podcast, that people within the profession and outside of the profession gain more compassion for each other um, by getting an inside view of the complex structure of the American education system. Okay, so um, I have a guest and we're having uh, difficulties getting her in. Um, but in the meantime, I just wanted to talk to you guys about how um, I've been doing a whole lot of planning and talking to people. And it's just been inspiring to uh, talk to so many different people about you know, their thoughts on education. I am um, lining up a few people that will be talking about education and money. Um, One of the shows will be talking about uh, earmarking money for certain things in education because, you know, education, public education is publicly funded. And so when you have public funds and you're managing public funds, then you have uh, certain aspects of, you know, limitations on how you can spend money. And people get in trouble, big time trouble with spending money wrong when it's given to you by the government. Uh, I just... Uh, wanted to make that maybe like a three-part series. So I have some people that I've been talking to um, lined up to talk about money in that aspect, but also money in how uh, teachers are paid, um, especially in Texas. Uh, we I just was talking about to, I think we said it in the last show that we don't get uh, social security. Or maybe that was something that... Um, I ended up speaking with someone about when uh, we were talking about being paid and getting paid once a month and things like that. And I think it led to the conversation that w- w- in retirement, we're not eligible in the state of Texas for Social Security. So that whole aspect, I uh, want to talk about that. want to talk about how um, diligent Spenders and savers in education—how they do it and how we we make it through, uh, even though we're severely underpaid. That's for another show. Gosh, I was hoping that my my uh, guest would be in here by now, but she's not. Uh, my guest is a longtime educator who, who we used to work with one another in the middle school setting and. I cannot wait to introduce you guys to her. Um, so I just want to know, those of you who are watching, if you have any questions that we haven't like touched on or if you're curious about anything, I'd be happy to, to uh, address those. The word trademark, that's it. I was trying to think of the word trademark when it came to, uh, I'm trying not to say us uh, so much, y'all, when it comes to... The word essential pedagogy, I trademarked that name because I felt like that was something that would um, be very popular and someone pe- people can remember this name. And I didn't want any problems on down the line if this was to be something that became very popular. Anyhow, um am waiting for the guests, but you know, I could talk now. I've had a challenging week, y'all. i uh, After 18 months of being out of education, I'm with a ISD now full-time and I do the podcast and I run a small business um, with tutoring. And it's been a lot. It's been um, stressful. Uh, I also volunteer at my church and I manage um, a database uh, at church as well as school and managing all those responsibilities. And I don't think I've been doing a good job in managing it all. I'm not great with email. Um, I'm, that is my goal, to get better. And I'm writing that goal down because if it's not written down, it is a wish. And wishes are not something that people work towards. They just hope it spontaneously happens. <laughs> so i'm going to really work towards managing email better i have 100 and about 38 kids that i hate to say kids children that i am directly responsible for every day and i know that a lot of people don't feel like that's a lot but with 138 students, it's a lot of energies coming at you all at once in a day. And it's back to back a lot of times. In my day, I have two periods. One is for professional development, which we do planning for students academically. Um, we put our brains together for tests, for just activities day to day and then we have another 45 minute uh, time block that is for you know your conference period to make your copies to create what you've talked about in professional development to uh, update your digital curriculum things like that so we have a busy day and when we're not on having those breaks we are directly managing and face-to-face with children. And that can be very challenging, especially if you're not having the best of day, if things are not lining up exactly how you like. It's, um, it's a challenging day. Um, we are human as teachers, and sometimes we have bad days. Um, sometimes we have heartbreaks. Sometimes we have breakups, um, and we still have to come to work with the positive energy, we can't be behind our screens or um, in our office or cubicle and just say, you know, today I'm just going to chill out and just not talk to a lot of people because I'm having a bad day and I might like, go off on someone. We have to really, really check ourselves every single day. And it is a grind because a lot of times we are working um Late and early, Uh, we are not able to work within the timeframes of other professions. So we can't run to the post office after work. We can't run to the post office before work. We can't. The other day I tried to go to CVS and the pandemic has changed things to where CVS ain't 24 hours no more. Uh, Walmart's not 24 hours. So if I'm planning for a last minute laugh, I'm a science teacher. I cannot do that in the mornings at 630. I have to be ready beforehand. So it is definitely a big time uh, commitment and discipline that you have to have with teaching that I haven't experienced in any other career. And I have been in other careers. I started out as a sales consultant and there were times where I didn't wanna be bothered. So my appointments were not on the days that I didn't wanna be bothered. Oh my gosh, my guest is here, yay! Stephanie Buckner, we've been waiting for you, girl. Come on in. Okay. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good. I'm just happy good. to be here and happy to uh, answer any questions or just clarify things that people may have on their minds about education ongoing. Mm-hmm. And so I brought you on because you're so cerebral. <laughs> I always admired that about you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Stephanie Butner and I, we've worked, what, 11
1: years together? Yes, about
0: that. Uh-huh. 11 years together. Uh, she was a school counselor. Of course, when you're a school counselor, most times you're starting out as a teacher. So mm-hmm. you were a teacher before. Yes. How long were you a teacher before you became a counselor? I was a special education teacher for eight years. Okay. All right. And so then you transitioned to be a school counselor. Yes.
1: Did you start in middle school as a school counselor? I actually started in elementary as a school counselor, but I had taught middle school um, for eight years.
0: Okay. Okay. And then you went into middle school counseling and now I hear you're not a counselor anymore. How many years did you have an education?
1: I retired last year. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes.
0: I knew you were close. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Good. So what are you doing nowadays with your time?
1: So nowadays I am working as the online module uh, for a university to masters students. Oh my gosh, say that again. I didn't hear you over the applause. <laughs> No, no worries. Um, so nowadays, I am working as an online adjunct professor teaching master's level students. Okay, mm-hmm. good, good. That's awesome. So
0: I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about, um, you know, what made you transition from being a teacher to a counselor to now a professor and where you see
1: education going now? Okay, sure. So um, my reason for becoming a counselor um, really had to do with um, a lot with my position. As a SPAD teacher, most of my experience was with kids who had behavioral and emotional um, problems. And most often um, I taught the self-contained classes.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I felt... Um, Often, like I did a lot more of what I thought was counseling um, during that time, and I felt like I could be um, o- of more service to them. That I felt like I was pretty good at it, um, at being able to connect with kids and reach them. And so I thought I'd be able to use those those traits as a counselor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And really, that's why I went into counseling.
0: Wow. Okay, so was it exactly how you thought it would
1: be? (laughs) Certainly not. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. Um, A lot of people think that when you are a school counselor, that that's all you do, I guess, is um, you get to counsel students all the time. Um, But in reality, you um, you actually do a lot more. Um, and the amount of time that you really get to spend one-on-one with students is, um, that's the thing that you get to do probably uh, the least of. Um, and it just so happened that in the district um, where I worked um, at that time, uh, the counselors were also the the school test administrators and the 504 administrators and the at-risk um, coordinators and Also, we built the master schedule, and so we had a lot of other um, administrative duties in addition to um, having to schedule students and make sure that we're um, meeting our goals to talk with students about careers and um, furthering their education and all those type things. So um, you really don't spend as much time as you would think just working to counsel students. Yeah, I know. It's frustrating. One mm-hmm. of the things that I would change in
0: the education system is to have counselors on hand to just do
1: that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's going to be more a need for that kind of thing um, mm-hmm. moving forward, especially um, post-COVID. Okay. Um, and what do you think we need more of in this world? I think we need more love. <laughs> Um probably sounds kind of cliche. We need more love, we need more patience, more kindness. um I think we need more joy, more laughter. um people just need to get back to being happy again. You know, I just always think um in the whole scheme of things, um we really don't get to live you know all that long. We don't get to live forever. And so I just feel like, you know, why waste your time? Why not just celebrate? Why not just live and be happy um in life and and in what we do? And so I just think we need more joy. We we just need to um we need to be more patient with each other. We just need to I don't know, find less reasons to to be upset, to be uh, in disagreement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you could change one thing about education um in America, what do you think it would be?
1: Yeah. That's, um, that's um, quite a question. Um, it's loaded for sure. Yeah. Um, there are probably a lot of things um, that I have mentioned at one time or another um, that I thought should be done differently. But, you know, the best answer I can give for that question is that I think I would revamp the whole system. Um, of how we educate kids uh, Mm -hmm. to make it more effective um, or or more beneficial for them in the long run um, in terms of preparing them for for their lives and for their careers.
0: Mm -hmm. One way I would change is I would um, try to make parents more involved Mm -hmm. by um, Charging a fee. I know Mm -hmm. it's very popular, but I would. I would charge a a small fee Mm -hmm. per child. And if you couldn't afford that because you had a lot of children or Mm -hmm. you just did not have the money, then Mm -hmm. there would be some kind of program where you could work it off with your Mm -hmm. gifts and talents and give that to the school, whether it's copying, painting, cutting the yard, Mm -hmm. (laughs) cooking. Whatever mm-hmm. the gifts are, but.
1: yeah, exactly, that's exactly what I mean when I say, I would like to revamp the way that we provide an education. I feel like um everybody, every student, um whether they're academically savvy or not, has some gift they there's something that they're interested in, there's something that they're going to be good at and um but we really um only cater to those who are academically savvy and and it's not to say that we shouldn't um cuz me myself I'm I'm a good student um but you, are. you got how many degrees <laughs> <laughs> well i've got i've got four but and you
0: write books and you you just write you're a writer <laughs>
1: You know, I recognize that there are some things that I'm not as good at as other, that other people are good at, that other people have different gifts, and some of them I wish I had. And then I I, I find that same thing to be true with students, with kids. Um, I don't think that, you know, a kid who's gifted in art should be any less prepared or celebrated, or I don't think that they, you know, should not be given the same opportunities to... To hone that craft and that skill, and to make it something that they could do, um, you know, to support themselves in life, mm-hmm. or, um, or or whatever their gift is, if they're if they're technology te- technological, I can't say the word tonight, um, savvy, or if they are good engineers, or if they're good at um, fixing cars, if they're good mechanics, um, hairdressers, or whatever, those are all viable careers. And I think if that's what they're interested in and they are strong in, um, in, in talents and characteristics where they could be good at those things, why not make it so that an education in those things is more available? Um, and they can yeah.
0: practice those skills.
1: Right. They can start practicing those even before they graduate because not everybody's going to go to college mm-hmm. and um, not everybody's supposed to, you know. Mm-hmm. But they ought to be able to come out of high school, you know, ready if they're not gonna go to school or whatever with with a, a skill that they can use for their lives. And I know different programs are offered in different districts, but for most, uh, where they can do some of those things, but for most, um, there are limited spots, you know. And um, really, I just think, we don't do enough um, early enough to start um, taking a look at and helping kids to see where their gifts lie. Um, I really feel like um, I I know that the way most of those programs work is kids have to choose them when they're getting ready to go into high school. When I've worked with a lot of eighth graders preparing them for high school and um, completing their high school graduation plans, Um, most of them don't have a clue. Yeah. And so they don't know what they want to do, and then some of them, well, by the time they kind of figure out and get a handle on things, they're already in the 11th grade, or and it's too late to get into any of those programs. So I didn't even know
0: what I was doing
1: in 11th grade or 12th grade. I didn't know what yeah. I wanted to do. still yeah, feel like, well, no, me too. Me too. same thing. <laughs> but I can honestly say though. There is so much, um, so much information. There is so much, so many more ways uh, nowadays that um, that we have to kind of help kids prepare than we did back when I was in school. <laughs> so, you know, what do you think? Your uh, the greatest lesson someone has ever learned from you was. I think the greatest lesson that someone's ever learned from me is that as long as we're breathing, we can pretty much overcome or get through anything. Mm -hmm. I have this saying, um, you know, is it, is it earth shattering? Um, That one of my friends, she, she kind of coined that as my phrase. Um, This someone that I used to work with because she's like, that's just your attitude about everything. And, and I truly feel like, you know, um, whatever happens, you know, if we it's, as long as we're breathing, we can always go back and do it again, try it again, make it right, um, fix it, whatever we need to do. Uh, most things just are not nearly as big as we need. Yeah, yeah. That's true. What's the greatest lesson
0: um, you've learned from someone else?
1: I think the greatest lesson that I've learned um, from someone else, and I would have to say it was um, one of my grandmothers, is um, that everybody is important. Everybody has value. Everybody matters. And there is no big me and little you. Um, Everybody's got something to offer to this world. That's good.
0: And if you live your life like that, then I feel like, you're adding value to other people when mm-hmm. you have that belief system in place. That's good. I'm so happy to mm-hmm. um, get to know you even better. Um, I appreciate you being on the show, and I just wanted to highlight some of your experience. and yes, Thank you for having me on. Do you think? What do you think? Education? How it's how it's going now?
1: Yeah, I have a lot of concerns. Um, it's a totally different world than it was um, many years ago when I got into education. And some of that's good. And I don't think some of it is so good. Um, I think changes are going to have to be made. <laughs> um, some effective ones. Mm-hmm. I, I just see um, it going in a direction to where I really don't feel like um, so many of the decisions that are being made, so many um, of the ways that um, children are being taught is, um, I just don't feel like it is to their, to their benefit. I, I, I feel like um, there are so many issues in education right now um, that eventually um, something's just gonna have to be done.
0: I feel like there's a big resistance in following direction.
1: Mm-hmm. That's for one big problem. Are, a are you saying for students? Yeah, for students.
0: Yes, I, mm-hmm. I understand being able to express yourself, be individual,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but if I'm telling you to do something in a certain way, there's mm-hmm. a reason. And, I, and even if I share a reason with you,
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, or with a student Well,
0: well very And even doing Like, I put your first and last name On your paper <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. I need to identify you And there goes a nickname Or a A name I don't even know Like, very Resistant in just following mm-hmm. Basic directions So it's
1: Hard I feel like there's a <laughs> a lack of some of that has to do with like a lack of respect um i I don't know i I was starting to feel like um, as an educator that the students um how do I say this um like the students um really were, it was more um, important for the teachers to be important and be respectful to the students than it was for the students to be respectful to the staff. Um,
0: Yeah. Like our whole customer service and everyone happy. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, Yes. Sometimes I feel like education is not a place where, everybody can be happy because sometimes when learning lessons were uncomfortable. Right. And mm-hmm. discomfort sometimes is necessary in order to learn a lesson. Yes. Like bumping your, your head or burning your fingers. Oh, I'm not going to touch the
1: stove anymore. Mm-hmm. So, right. but so, so often these days, um, it seems that, um, for lack of a better um, way to say this that um so many excuses are accepted and um, you know it's difficult for the educator the teacher uh when they don't feel that they have support um, the support from administrators, the support from the parents, when it seems that everyone is—they have some reason, they have some—I'll call it an excuse—they have an excuse for why, um, for what's going on, for why the child is um, basically sometimes it's just being disrespectful, or you know, um, because everybody wants to do what Resisting. they want. you're resistant yep. to what norm is. Um, mm-hmm.
0: It is a challenge, and I think I want to talk about it more um on a different show because this this is a it's a big it's a big issue. I think the really that people do not have to
1: follow rules mm-hmm. when it comes to wearing masks and being resistant and um yeah. resistance on television the way of society, and so it's kind of trickled into the schools to have, um, I believe yeah. It has. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: have to do this because, yeah. you know, I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom didn't wear this or didn't do this. And so I don't have to. My mom right. didn't like this. And so this is how she resisted. And, or dad didn't like this. And this is how he resisted. And so mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing to
1: resist. And mm-hmm. you got to have compliance in order mm-hmm. for... There to be structure so that kids can learn. Yes. 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 Um, and you know, I, I know that you've been teaching for a long time. Um, and, and I've been in education for quite a while, um, before I retired. And that's one of the things that I'm, I'm saying, you know, there've always been kids that have been defiant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like now, um, that's more the, the norm. It's not just, exception. yeah. And, yeah. um, Like I'm kind of, I consider myself kind of old school, (laughs) I guess. And so, you know, I I just have the expectation or, and I I think it's really difficult these days, especially if you have been in education for a while um, and you're used to, um, you know, kids following rules and being given, being able to give consequences, um, you know, for uh, them not following the rule, like maybe if they don't put their name on the paper, um, you know. Or turning things in late or things like that. or Yeah,
0: yeah. resistant period. Like, I'm just not going to do what you asked me to do. Right. So it, it's tough. Um, and, you know, every day I try to reconcile that in my mm-hmm. brain. Every day. Um, this is a conversation that could have no end. Wait, you're <laughs> we right.
1: The end,
0: and I really appreciate you coming. I know it was difficult uh yeah. to the studio and everything. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I I really appreciate appreciate you taking your time. There were sure. a couple of mishaps, and so I really do. I appreciate you being here. Sure. Thank you for having me, podcast, and I I thank you. And y'all, mm-hmm. this is um, essential pedagogy, and we'll see you next time. Our next uh, guest is going to be a parent. I admire this parent a whole lot. And you're going to learn so much about um, parenting skills that really support education. And I can't wait to talk to her. It's going to be next in two weeks, Thursday on the 20th. So I can't wait. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.